If you use the internet on a daily basis, and chances are you do, you probably don't put much thought into cybersecurity. You know, your network connections, the pages you visit, the files you download. You should be thinking about these all the time. Welcome to And Security for All. Your host is Kim Hakem. We're here to help you understand, in general terms, how and why your cybersecurity should be kept in check. Now, here is Kim Hakem. Well, hello, everyone. Happy Friday. I'm Kim Hakem, your host. If this is the first time tuning into the show, um, welcome to another episode of And Security for All. I see we have a lot of our regular listeners out there on LinkedIn Live. Welcome, everyone, to um, the show. We had another fun week and at FutureCon. I just actually got back from Chicago. Chicago was a little crazy. They were having a huge manufacturing conference while we were out there. So it kind of interfered with our event. It was for those of you that go out to RSA in San Francisco, it was like the RSA of the manufacturing world out in Chicago. So um, not the fun Chicago that I'm used to because it was really super busy. So I'm definitely happy to be back um, home. Next week, we are off to Phoenix. And uh, we were just having a little chat backstage because our uh, Voice America, that's where they are. They're, they're, out, they're based out of Phoenix. And they have some wonderful weather of like 105 this weekend. So um, really excited to go to Phoenix. But I think next week it's going down to 95. So um, that should be a good time. Always love Phoenix. It's a beautiful, um, Arizona is a beautiful state. And we have not been to Phoenix since 2020. We were lucky. We got that event in prior to COVID in January. So super excited to see all of our friends that are out in Phoenix next week. And I'm taking a little bit of that um, heat. As I mentioned, it's uh, really great after two years going back to these cities that we haven't been in. It's good to see our old friends. It's good to see people conversing, having fun again, face to face. We had a really great time in um, Chicago. So thanks to all of our attendees that came out to see us in Chicago. My guest today um, has been in the sh- on the show in the past. He was our keynote speaker, our very first keynote speaker post-COVID in Dallas 2021. That was our very first live event. He's been a busy man since I saw him last year. Um, he just finished his 10th book And um, his book is called Implement Zero Trust Initiatives Efficiently and Effectively in a Project Zero... in a Project Zero Trust, it's a story about strategy for aligning security and business. Um, you guys may be familiar with his last book called Well Aware, Master the Nine Cybersecurity Habits to Protect Your um, Your Future. And he's going to give us a little information on what he's doing with that book. So super excited today to have my guest, uh, George Finney. He's an award-winning author, keynote speaker. He's the CISO at Southern Methodist University in Dallas. So very excited to have him here. Welcome to the show, George. Thanks for having me back, Kim. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thanks. George was supposed to be on the show a few weeks ago, and we had some technical difficulties on my end. I have to stop taking my gear for the show on the road because that's exactly what happened that day. I couldn't get it all linked up. So never doing that again. So thanks for being patient and thanks for coming back again. So I'm, I'm so excited to be here. 
Well, how is everything going? Tell us. Um, well, I'm so excited to hear about this new book. I know you weren't able to come see us when we were in Dallas um, this year because you were too busy writing your book. So tell us a little bit. I, I, I guess before we talk about this first book, um, for everyone out there that's listening, and I'll acknowledge some of our um, our viewers momentarily, but um, I asked George, I said, so this is your second book? And he goes, no, this is my 10th book. And I was like, your 10th book? I had no idea. So tell us a little bit about the history of you know, you know your, your career as an author and how you got to this 10th book. You know, I started writing books about 15 or so years ago. Um, and you know, it's, it's always been my passion. You know, ever since I, I remember I was in elementary school um, and, and we got this project to, uh, to do, you know, some writing and, uh, I ended up just not being able to stop. Like it, it was, <laughs> it, it, it was almost like a sickness. Um, and you know, I, I remember in college, you know, having a conversation with a professor, like my, my dream was to be able to go to the bookstore and, you know, see, you know, Finney, uh, in between, you know, some of my other, uh, uh you know, uh, favorite authors out there. Um, I, you know, I, I, I like. Lawrence Ferlinghetti or, or, you know, some of the, I'm not in that like section. I'm not in the literature section. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the more of the, uh, the business technical section now, but, um, just, just, uh, you know, I mean, who would have thought, uh, that, that, you know, I could, I could actually live my dream, um, while I'm doing security, uh, while I feel like I'm making a difference, uh, in the world. And, and, and gosh, it's just such an amazing place to be here. Uh, you know, I, I had this great conversation with, with John Kinderbag a couple of years ago, who I, I worked with on this book. Um, and and he, he said something that kind of stuck with me. Uh, you know, he's like, man, if I could do any job in the world, um, obviously I'd be a rock star, right? Just like in the Matrix, <laughs> right? I'd be yeah. someone famous. Um, and, you know, the, the, but the second, you know, the, my, my second choice would be in cybersecurity because you, you, you make a difference in the world, but also... You know, we we can kind of be these rock stars that uh, get to talk about cool things, and uh, you know, also uh, you know, have a rewarding, fulfilling job. Um, and man, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm just so lucky to 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 be in, in in the place where where I am. You know, I mean, we're, we've been really blessed with, uh, with with everything to to lead up to this point and 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 in our lives. Well, and how cool that you get to work with that you got to work with John. He's um, we did some stuff with him. I he's been on the show before. I I really want to try to get him to be our keynote speaker in um, Dallas. He knows he knows. I've asked him, so I'm hoping he's going to say yes. But he, you know, he is really a funny guy, and I didn't realize how funny he was until we were out at RSA and him and Chase Cunningham. You know, they did a. Let, we did a happy hour with a couple of our sponsors and John is just funny. I, you know, you just, you, he seems, I can see him. He's the rock star in cybersecurity, you know, and he's a legend. So I'm sure that was really awesome to work with him. And, you know, it was so, so fantastic. I mean, I, I, I got this call kind of out of the blue from our, from this publisher wanting me to write uh, a book on zero trust. And I'm like, Hang on a minute. Uh, uh, let me just call John because I'll, I'll connect you guys. Um, he he should really be the one to to to, to write this. I happy to to help in whatever way. Um, but but you know, like you said, John John is so busy. He's wanted to write a book for for probably the last ten years and uh, has has just never ha had the time. So he was like, you know what, George, you you do it. 
<laughs> um, and, you know, I'm like, um, really? And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you all my notes. You know, I, I've been over to his house a few times to uh, to brainstorm different things and to talk about the, the progress as we were kind of writing the book. Um, and, oh, my gosh, just, you know, the, the, just, just one of the nicest guys that, that you'll ever meet. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to hear, you know, I'm, I'm in CISO round tables or whatever. And, and, you know, sometimes people are like, ah, this is, you know, he's just a consultant out there. Like, no, um, you know, he, he, he really means what he says. And, uh, you know, to, to, to be able to, to, to tell this story, um, you know, we, I, I, not everybody kind of knows that, you know, there, there, there's John's uh, zero trust foundational principles. Uh, there's also a design methodology that he's built. Uh, there's also a maturity model that he's built around zero trust. Um, so to be able to tell that in a story and, and, and help people kind of, you know, start to connect the dots, right? Zero trust is so, you know, confusing, frankly, like having written a book about zero trust, I, I, I went out and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm pretty familiar with it before, uh, but I read everything out there. Um, and, and it is hard to, to understand, you know, there's a lot of technical jargon that people are using, um, you know, when you look at uh, NIST 800-207, uh, you know, the way that they talk about it is, is, is weird, um, <laughs> uh, you know, a technical term there. Um, you know, you can go out and read the Google Beyond Court papers and, and see what they've done around zero trust. Most of it um, is, is frankly marketing. Um, there's ve very little content in, in, in those papers. So you got to kind of stitch the things together. Um, and, and man, I mean, I, I mean, zero trust needs to be something that um, not just like security nerds like like, like us kind of think about. Um, it, it's got to be something that's approachable uh, for everyone in IT, right? And I think John has made it that simple. Um, but you know, being able to 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 kind of broaden that 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 vision about, hey, here's what zero trust is, and here's where you fit into that. Here, here's what role you can play. Um, it has to be simple, right? Um, you know, I, I was at a roundtable. Uh, last year, and we went around the room, and everybody, like, we had 15 CISOs in the room. There were 16 different definitions of what zero trust is, right? Um, and one CISO actually changed their mind at the end and put put a whole different. Uh, uh, we we can't we, we we can't explain to to our executives uh, or or our teams around us what zero trust is if if we're this confused, right? Um, so so. Just to put it simply, zero trust is a, a strategy uh, for preventing or containing breaches uh, by removing the trust relationships that we have in digital systems. Right, that's it. That is that was a just one sentence. Um, where you go from there can get really complex, and and there's a methodology to guide you. But uh, yeah, it, it it really has to be, I think, simple for everyone to understand. You know, just uh, pausing for a moment and just uh, acknowledging some of our uh, our regular listeners out there. Uh, Brian Bezel, thanks for being here. Jonathan Kimmett, you know Jonathan. He he was in Dallas, and I uh, he's he's so here funny. every week. He helps me out with some of the shows, but he's the CISO over at the uh, University of Tulsa. Thanks for being here, Jonathan. He said um, he he put a comment out there that um, he wants to know uh, how many different cities. Do I go to in a single year? I have no idea. So you guys can tell me because I can't keep up with it. So yeah, I don't know, Jonathan. And then uh, Daniel Presner, thanks for being here. There's a few other people out here, but um, they're all familiar with your book. Um, 
And Jonathan said definitions sometimes change between marketing and reality. And, and when you Google zero trust, it's really interesting. When I had John, John on the show, it was, I don't know, earlier this year, I did Google zero trust and, you know, that's, there's a million different definitions out there on zero trust. And it's, uh, of course, most of it is companies trying to sell zero trust, you know? So then you get to, I love when you get to those little, when you Google something and it has the definitions, who is the creator of zero trust and you hit it and it does say John's name and that's really cool. So he is a legend. And I think he created that back in 2012, maybe if yeah. I'm not wrong. 2010 yeah, so. was when he, he wrote the, the original paper. It's, it's all, you can Google uh, no more chewy centers. Um, that's John's original uh, paper when he was at Forrester that, that kind of put forth this idea. Um, and, you know, you're, you're so right, right? We, 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 in a way, have to take back zero trust from the marketers um, because, you know, every, every company out there, you know, wants to, to position themselves around the biggest buzzword in all of uh, security, right? Zero trust is, is huge. Um, and, you know, zero trust isn't a tool, right? It's a strategy. Um, it's, it's a methodology. Uh, it's a, maybe a philosophy or a culture if you want to get really excited about it. Um, but uh, it, it's definitely not a tool. So, you know, I'll, but I, I do hear that a lot of security folks get their information about zero trust from marketers. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, you're really only getting you know, that relevant slice of what, you know, their perspective of zero trust is. Um, and, you know, when you talk to sales folks, right, who, who are sales folks getting their information about zero trust from? Uh, well, I mean, if, if I can't understand all of the technical, like, junk out there on, uh, on zero trust, like, uh, you know, a salesperson, all, all, all they can do is just, you know, take what their marketing team has given them and, and say, well, here, here it is. And I think, you know, my, my hope for, for Project Zero Trust uh, is that, uh, you know, it, it, it will start to kind of, uh, you know, get some light bulbs to go off because it's, it's really about the big picture. You know, there's a, uh, uh, there's a story that goes along with it. So it, I was inspired by um, the, the Phoenix Project by Gene Kim, right? So the similar idea, I, I take a company, uh, the, a fictional company, right? So, uh, you know, they, they develop stand-up treadmills uh, uh, you know, so you can have a desk and, and, and walk while you're working. And they happen to kind of take off during the pandemic. Um, so this fictional character, Dylan, uh, he starts, it's his first day at, 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 uh, at this company, March Fit. Um, and uh, before he can even start, they've been ransomed. Uh, so, you know, he comes in, the, 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 the place is a mess. You know, they, they, they've, they've turned off all the computers. They're trying to, to, to dig out and, and do incident response. But their CEO um, asked the question of their CIO. They don't have a CISO at this point. Um, she asks, okay, well, well, what's the most cutting edge strategy for, for success when it comes to security? Um, and their CIO, uh, she answers, zero trust. Um, okay, so let's go do that. Um, so Dylan, is, since he can't do his job, he, he hasn't been issued a computer yet. Uh, you know, the, all of them are, are locked. Um, he, all, all, all he can do is, is go, you know, start to lead the zero trust project. Uh, they bring a zero trust consultant in, um, you know, it, it, that, that it's not John, John asking not to make uh, the consultant him, uh, but he's, he, the consultant is using John's uh, design methodology. Um, 
and uh, Dylan builds a team, uh, an interdisciplinary team from representatives from all around IT, right? Because everybody's got a role to play, and they they go through you know each kind of major hurdle of, of zero trust, right? They implement zero trust in their ERP system, in their cloud, in the security operations center, in identity, um, and they talk about why they made those decisions, uh, and and they wrestle with some questions, right? So you know it's not a perfect company, so, you know I, I set them up to have uh, some challenges uh, along the way that uh, maybe hopefully are, are relevant to, to some of the readers out there. Uh, but again, getting that big picture, uh, knowing, okay, all of the moving parts, right? Zero Trust isn't a tool, um, but you're going to need tools, right? Maybe you've got some already and we want you to, uh, to, to use those. Maybe you've got new ones. Uh, but the idea, you know, just like, you know, you, you would get a suit tailored, uh, the idea with Zero Trust is to tailor your security uh, exactly to, to, to that thing that you're protecting. Um, and you know, you, you, you've got to think about, well, what are the risks for that thing? Uh, what are the common vulnerabilities? Uh, and, and applying those, those in the right ways that fit that, that John calls it a protect surface, um, that fit that protect surface, you know, that, that is a really intentional process uh, that takes teams not just you know thinking in in their silos about okay here are my firewall rules, but thinking about that holistically, just like a, a tailor would think about you and your suit and uh, where you're going to go, what the occasion is. Um, so having that uh, bespoke uh, approach to security, I, I think it, it, it's really relevant. Uh, it resonates with with you know business executives, right? That you know to have success, you have to have a strategy in any part of business. Um, and I think zero trust is the only like real thing in security that meets the definition of a strategy. Uh, there might be other strategies um, at, that you know we can talk about, but also it's because it focuses on prevention. Um, it's it's also the most efficient strategy for securing your organizations. Right? Um, every, everybody knows if you have to go through a breach, it's going to be ten times as expensive. Uh, so why not get it right from the beginning? It's crazy, though, that how many people are still so trustworthy. It reminds me of um, Jonathan did a show for me about six months ago, and he brought a pen tester on. And it was a really great show to listen to this pen tester, how he basically just walked in a bank, you know, and acted like he was their IT support and got past everyone and was, you know, back on their computers and nobody batted an eye. You know, so so it, it it's interesting. I, I should find more pen testers to have on the show because I, I feel like they have they probably have some really good stories. You know, which are interesting stories, but yet scary stories. So um, again, you know, I I, I when are you going? I guess people need to read your book. You know, is the problem is there's just so many trustworthy people out there. That's crazy to me that that could even happen, but it probably happens every day because that's why we're having breaches every day. So what's your, what's your um, take on that of how that is ever going to evolve into zero trust? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the big news today, obviously the, the Uber, uh, uh, another Uber breach, um, and you know this this one was very you know like like you mentioned uh, uh, was very social engineering focused uh, right it, you know it's, it's essentially just a man in the middle of attack uh, that they were able to to capture uh, their their multi factor credentials because it was a uh, kind of a multi factor 
uh, uh, or man in the middle uh, attack. They, they, you know, redirected them to attacker's web server, uh, pretended to, to, to send the request, right? So they just included MFA in that process. Um, so, you know, again, the, the whole concept of zero trust is that we know the, the, the malicious actors out there, cyber criminals, whatever you want to call them, uh, I, we, we don't want to call them hackers because there, there's, there's a different context there. Um, cyber criminals take advantage of the trust relationships that we have uh, in our digital systems, right? We, we anthropomorphize, uh, you know, the, the computers, right? We think about George's computer or George's packets. Uh, we, 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 we trust George because he's such a nice guy. Uh, but okay, okay cool. Uh, you know, I, I actually, George, as a CISO in my day job, um, I don't have access uh, to, to everything on the network, right? That's, uh, you know, th there's this concept of least privilege. Um, so, you know, th thinking through the, 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 the Uber conversation, right? Um, you know, where, where, where were the trust relationships that we could have removed? Did that individual have too much access? Uh, you know, should they, you know, what, what, what kind of other tools could have detected uh, the, that, that access in, into those systems, right? Uh, certainly there was some anomalous behavior after the breach that, that could have been detected. Uh, can, we, can we stop the, 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 the breach before it, it would have happened? Um, the, you know, I, I think the, the interesting thing here is just uh, the, the, that the attacker was able to compromise MFA um, but, you know, again, I, I think that's something that you've got to think about holistically in terms of your program. Uh, you know, one, you know, one MFA connection, uh, you know, to get into everything, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about how, how could duties have been separated? How, you know, how could there have been additional controls? And there is a balance, right, between usability and security, right? We, we don't want to put a lot of barriers. We don't want a, an employee to type their password 500 times in a day. Um, or, or do MFA 500 times in a day. Um, so so we, we, we want to start with understanding the needs of the business, right? That's the foundational principle of, of, of zero trust, right? That's the number one thing you do is you, you understand what, what the business outcomes need to be. And, and frankly, you know, I, I, that, that's one of the things that, that, that is maybe missing uh, from, you know, something like the NIST framework, you know, and, and I'm going to rag on NIST for a second, but um, you know, I, I think the interesting thing with, with the NIST framework, as you compare it to, to Zero Trust, um, you know, there, there, there's maturity uh, when, when it comes to, to the NIST framework, and, and, and you can, you know, increase your maturity, you know, by doing different things. Um, you know, but NIST is, is essentially about, do you have a complete program? Um, do you, have you done all of the things that, 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 that one might need to do in a security program? Um, so, so cool, and, and that, that's interesting, but it, it's not really tailored to the business, right? It, it, it's genericized on purpose so that it can be a one-size-fits-all thing. Very different from Zero Trust, where you, you start with understanding the business intimately, then you start to make decisions, and then you start to custom tailor controls. You don't need every uh, every secu security control in the world um, for a, a, a specific application. You need the right tools or, or procedures or policies for that one thing. Um, so, so having, a, again, bespoke controls uh, is more efficient because maybe you didn't have to buy 50 products to protect one thing. Maybe you, you, you just got the five that you needed. Well, a couple of comments. Um, Coke 
Gokan Karaday. Thank you for being here. Sorry if I just tortured your first name. Uh, Jonathan Kimmett said, um, I've said that zero trust is the path and we keep walking that direction, which is a great comment. And then Brian Bazell said, I think you nailed it, George. It's going to be too much more expensive to recover from the breach, um, both in technology and work reputation. And then Jonathan said, uh, three-way balance, security, functionality, ease of use. So I'll let you comment on all of those those, I mean, all, all those comments are great. Comments. Yeah. I, I mean, gosh, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe I'm preaching to the choir, but, uh, you know, we, we, we have to do more when it comes to security. Um, and, and the reality is, you know, we're, we're in an economic, you know, downturn, whatever you want to, maybe it's a recession, maybe it's something else. Um, you know, we're coming out of a pandemic where, you know, we were all severely impacted. Right. Um, so we have to be, incredibly efficient when it comes to our security programs, right? You know, there was the uh, the news last week that, that, that Patreon uh, uh, laid off their entire cybersecurity staff. Um, oh, oh my gosh, I, I feel so, uh, you know, uh, so badly for, for, for that team and, you know, folks in the community and the security community have stepped up to help uh, you know, get the word out to, to, to rehome them uh, in, in, in better places. But we're having to make hard decisions, right? Higher education, where I am, uh, is is also been impacted by the downturn. And so, how do we how do we do more with less? Um, and I think, uh, you know, again, we 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 have to make it. Uh, you know, we have to think about our customer experience. We we have to think about our students. Uh, we don't want to get in the way of of them, you know, being able to 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 learn and and take tests, right? This is this is the biggest fear in higher ed is. Uh, we put a bunch of security controls in and you know, right before finals. And then, you know, the students are like, ah, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I'm gonna have to reschedule for the test and, and, and get themselves more time to study and, 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 you know, have, you know, unfairness uh, with, with students that, uh, that, that didn't uh, get impacted by the security control. Right. Um, oh my gosh. How, how do, how do we do more with less? Um, I, I, th I think we've got to rethink, uh, you know, some, some of our security spend and, and focus on, you know, can we increase maturity? Can we, in, you know, can we find win-wins or uh, to, to Jonathan's point, win-win-wins uh, um, so that while we can improve, you know, secure, security controls or security maturity or, or outcomes, but also in, improve, uh, you know, user experience uh, that we all can also, you know, improve, uh, you know, the, the, the overall functionality of systems. Um, and and th there are definitely ways that we're getting uh, towards that with uh, automation, with, with, with other tools. But, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I also agree with Jonathan's point that, um, you know, maybe we can't do more with less. And we do have to be able to go at to the business and, and be able to make the case that, look, to, to, to do our jobs effectively, um, you know, we need to make a strategic investment. Um, in, in security, right? We know uh, that, you know, we, we've seen other universities last year that were breached. Um, we, we know what the cost of those breaches are. Uh, you know, can we invest now and not have to pay that later? Um, uh, you know, but we, I, th I think we have to show that we've done our due diligence, that we've uh, built a, a, a program with, you know, that, that, that can uh, meet the requirements um, and, and, you know, we, we've invested our own internal, uh, uh, you know, funds. We, we've done all we can with what we have. 
uh, to be able to do more. And, and honestly, this, this is the question. My, my board asked this of me two weeks ago, right? You know, are you, are you funded well enough? Well, what, what does it take to, uh, to, to, to get it right? And then we had some frank conversations about uh, dollars and, and they're willing to come to the table uh, to, 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 to spend money. Um, unlike maybe in, in other areas that, 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 are, that are a little more suspect uh, or a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, required to, uh, you know, uh, do their, you know, eat their own dog food or, or, or do some cleaning up. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think we've, we've got to do better all across the board. Well, and I think to help each other out, too. I mean, I saw I was in the last couple of months, I think it was GoDaddy CISO had to lay off some of his security team and he um, put their names out there and I definitely try to use my platform and, you know, I sent them links to job opportunities because I see a lot because I have a pretty good connection on LinkedIn and I just saw something. I, I'm trying to find figure out a better way to use my platform because I just saw one of my attendees from Des Moines. I think it's well Walmart or it's a pretty, it's, I think it's a division of Blue Cross Blue Shield and they're hiring interns. And he posted that and I'm thinking, okay, how can I put that out there? You know, I try to repost that stuff to just, because there's a lot of opportunities that people don't know about. And LinkedIn is a great, it is a great place. Now, I didn't know that. Is it, what's it called again? Periton or what's that? I, oh. I know what the platform is because I know like some of these so a, a lot of these celebrities are doing their podcasts on it. So I guess they were breached. Yeah. So what's the, 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 the company's name is Patreon or Patreon. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I don't think they were, I don't think they were breached. I, I just think they decided to do cutbacks and, and they cut way back. And they cut their cybersecurity team. The whole team. That's crazy. So, uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, and again, you know, I, I don't know what kind of challenges that company was facing. Uh, but that's 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 a really drastic measure to to have to take. Um, oh, I well, I was going to go on and follow someone and pay that. I think you pay like five dollars a month, and so I'm glad I didn't do it. I'm not going to support that company now that they've done that. Plus, I wouldn't want to be on a platform that doesn't have a security team. That, I that's think that's pretty the, scary. I mean, and uh, gosh, I think about think about the long term. You know, you, even if you know pay, Patreon does make it right, and 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 they do bounce back. You know, from whatever difficulties they're having. How, how do they recruit again for cybersecurity, you know, talent, right? Knowing that, that, that they, that they did that to, to their team, they, they, I, I, you know, again, this, this is the same with, uh, you know, fi- the FireEye uh, Mandiant breach versus maybe mm-hmm. some others that are out there, right? When, when you own it, when you can explain, uh, you know, why you're doing something and, and you're doing it for the benefit of the community versus, um, you know, th- not talking about it. Um, not, I mean, you know, I, I've not heard anything, you know, in the community about, oh, yeah, Patreon, you know, they, they you know, they didn't just cut their security staff. They, you know, they had to cut 90 percent of the staff. I, I don't know what the number is. Right. But right. I, I think being able to talk about that, um, I, I, a lot of things in security come back to organizational culture. Um, I, I, I talk a lot. There, there's a whole chapter in my in, in my last book, Well Aware, about this. Um but you know, culture you know really makes a difference when it comes to security. Um, and you know, we're, in security, we're not necessarily the the chief culture officer, um, but but we really have to to help have a seat at the table at least to to hopefully influence uh, uh, you know how, how an organization you know grows and changes. What are your thoughts about um, TikTok? Because when I was out at 
our, we were out as a team at RSA and we, TikTok had a huge presence out at RSA and it, I was a little confused, you know, cause they don't have a security product, but they were just trying to make themselves, you know, just basically brand themselves as being a cyber secure, you know, company. They had a huge yeah. party, which was over the top. They had to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars on that party. There were so many people. It was a fabulous party. We get back from RSA, the CISO now is in a different position. You know, we're hearing bad things happen over at TikTok. So what's, I wonder what's going on with that. Um, you know, I, I think certainly TikTok has gotten a bad reputation um, in the security community specifically. Um, you know, there, there have been, you know, I, I, starting in, I, you know, I think probably 2020, um, you know, there was a lot of concern, particularly from uh, you know, government uh, uh, sources that um, they were concerned about, uh, you know, what data uh, TikTok was collecting. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's hard to, uh, to distinguish, you know, uh, uh, you know, some of the, 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 the FUD, frankly, uh, around TikTok uh, with the reality around the security concerns around TikTok, right? So I, I think everyone has generic um, security concerns around social media platforms. Right? What information are they collecting? Who has access to that data? Are they, uh, you know, is your data private? Um, and so, you know, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the big concern obviously is TikTok is, is, is based in China. Um, and, you know, it, I, they are collecting a lot of data um, that, that maybe users aren't aware of, haven't been notified about. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think generally there's a concern in, you know, uh, about that. But, it, it seems just kind of more severe in, in, in TikTok's case, right? The fact that they were willing to go to RSA, um, may, maybe to repair that. Um, and then, you know, some of the other things that, that have kind of come out over the summer, um, you know, you, you, you know, you can't, you, you, you can't just do security through marketing, right? And, and, and you know, thanks, Jonathan, for, for that. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, that, that's, that's not a thing. And I think, you know, security people see through that, right? You know, we're we're the ones that are uh, reverse engineering how apps work to to find bugs, uh, and 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 you know to see what's really going on on some of these apps. Um, and yeah, I, I think people have found some concerning things, uh, specifically on TikTok. And you know, the other part of that is, man, t TikTok is super popular with kids, right? And 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 it, you know, if it, it's I mean, it's one thing in general for social media companies to, to, to have their business model, but when it, when it focuses on collecting information about children, um, you know, that's, that's not cool. Um, and, and, you know, again, here in the United States, we have uh, some legal protections or, or around kids, but it's, again, not clear, uh, you know, if TikTok is, is, is really following those, again, because, you know, the, the, their, you know, mindset is based, in, you know, from a Chinese perspective. And, uh, you know, uh, we don't necessarily understand that as, as as American citizens. Yeah, my 18 year old daughter gets all her political information from TikTok, and I refuse to have conversations and arguments with her because I am not going to argue with her when her information comes from TikTok. You know, and that is that generation right now is that is that's where they're getting all their information is from I'm, TikTok. I, I mean, I, I love that the, that this generation has so much access to information and they're getting it from unique sources, right? Like, I, I mean, I, I was blown away, like, you know, during the last presidential election, how like relevant 
Teen Vogue was, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, in terms of journalism, right? Uh, you know, you, you get so much, you know, junk from from all of the the, the reputable sources in a, in a way uh, that that are pushing, you know, a specific agenda. Um, and you know, I, I I think kids see right through that. Um, and and so you know, to to, to find other sources, I, I think they're good at finding the, those other. Uh, avenues again, Teen Teen Vogue. Uh, you know, I, I guess go support Teen Vogue. But um, yeah, you know, I think uh, uh, you know there, there there's some there's some real challenges out there. And you know, I, I don't want to be the the old fogey. I'm a, I'm a uh, I'm a Gen Xer. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I mean, I, I think millennials are figuring some things out. They're they're digital natives, right? That they, they they they've lived their whole lives with the internet. Um, so so I, I think there are things that we can learn from them. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, TikTok is 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 a, is a real security con- concern. To well, I guess one of the things is that at least there are conversations that are happening in society where you know, like she'll bring up, you know, I hate to say this on, but you know, like the topic of abortion is a big topic right now. You know, like my other kids that are older, they didn't know what was happening that we were seeing on the news because they weren't watching the news. So I don't want to give TikTok any, you know, accolades on what's on there, but they are talking about things that we are, that it, you know, are debatable with our politicians. So I guess they're being aware of what's going on where the other things, you know, I don't think Instagram's a completely different thing than TikTok. So it's just, um, somebody just said, uh, it's misinformation that, that concerns me. He's, and that's absolutely right. You know, the misinformation, there's tons of it, but there's tons of misinformation everywhere we go, even on well, the news, misinformation. You know, I mean, it's interesting. And, and, you know, how, you know, how these companies deal with it just generally in social media, um, you know, uh, you know, there, there are some flags, you know, on Facebook that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have a, a flag saying this is, uh, you know, potentially debatable topics, you know, or, uh, you know, same same with Twitter, right? They 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 will flag it to say, you know, this is uh, you know, this may not be an accurate uh, uh, news source or something like that. Um, so, you know, I, I it, it is. How, how do you know? How do you spot fake news? Um, you know, I, I think that the skepticism is is a habit. It's 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 not something that necessarily you're you're born with, but you cultivate it over time. Um, and, you know, so just to plug my last book, Well Aware, a little bit, uh, for, for folks who have not yet read it, uh, uh, I, I'm giving it away for free on my website. Um, so, you know, go out there and, and, and download it. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, again, I, I offer a free cyber personality test uh, on, on, also on, on, on the same website, wellawaresecurity.com. Um, but I think thinking about you know yourself, who you are. You know you've had experiences that have shaped uh, how you how you see security, right? And and I think we uh, you know need a diverse uh, perspective, a, a diverse set of uh, uh, you know uh, uh, sources uh, in order to, to to kind of find what 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 truth is, um, uh, in order to protect ourselves on, online. Uh, you know there there are lots of different skills that we need, right? Um, and and so you know as humans. Uh, we, we, you know, make habits kind of unconsciously, uh, but there's a three-step habit loop, right? There's the prompt that gets us to do a behavior. There's the behavior itself. And then there's like the reward at the end, 
Um, the reward is really the most important part of this habit forming process because it's what tricks your brain the next time you see that prompt into to, to doing this process. So having a reward that releases just even a tiny bit of dopamine uh, will, will, will kind of cement that process for you long term. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I highly recommend anyone out there that has not read Well Aware, go download it, go find George on LinkedIn. He's got a little blog there in the link where you can download it because he's, that's what his topic was when he was our keynote speaker in Dallas and he's been on the show and we went all through his steps. And I mean, it's a fantastic book and we haven't, I want to make sure we've been talking so generic today, but tell us a little more. Can you give us a little more specifics on what this last book is and, you know, what, what people can expect from it and what the walk away learning from your last book? Uh, from Project Zero Trust or well yeah, Project Zero Trust. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for uh, for folks who, who aren't that familiar with Zero Trust, right, you know, we wanted to, to be able to capture uh, some key themes, right? Uh, and, and the idea is, so, you know, so the first theme is security is a strategy. Um, so or Zero Trust is a strategy for cybersecurity. Um, you have to have a strategy for success in any, uh, you know, part of business. Um, so, so yeah, what, what does that strategy mean? Okay, well, we're, we're wanting to prevent or contain breaches uh, by removing trust relationships in, in digital systems. So, um, you know, think about uh, when you get a new computer. Um, uh, it, it comes installed with a bunch of software that you don't need. Uh, remove all that software, right? We don't trust the, that, that software necessarily to, 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 to do what we want. And so uh, some organizations might, uh, have a, a hardened image that, that they uh, use to create new desktops or new servers. Um, that's an example of, of, of zero trust. Um, uh, okay, uh, from that's that's from a, a desktop user's perspective. Uh, from a from an identity perspective, right? Identity is is really one of the cornerstones of of, of all of security. Um, you know, things like least privilege uh, are really important. Um, but the way most organizations give permissions to uh, to different sources um, is just by saying, okay, we'll give them all the the, the same permissions George has. has. Um, you know, okay, well, you know, we're we're not thinking about granular access. We're not thinking about time of day. Um, so I don't need access uh, twenty four hours a day. Um, I I do need access. Uh, you know, when I am working. So you know, are are there ways to to do that? Well, that requires a really deep understanding. Uh, of the business, right? And I think, you know, teams that have, you know, a lot of identity engineers, right, will will, will spend a lot of time with, with business leaders, will, with business department heads or, 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 or service owners uh, to, to figure that out. Um, you know, when it comes to the cloud, um, oh my gosh, there's a lot of pitfalls that you can come into with the cloud. Um, same thing with, with DevOps, right? If you're writing your own custom code, uh, there's a lot of things that you can do to remove trust relationships. Probably one of the most common ones is like, don't include passwords hard-coded in your code. Um, so really at every level, right? W once you set that strategy, right? Here, here's, here's our strategy for success when it comes to security. Uh, I think when you build your team, uh, you know, everybody can understand that strategy, right? We want to prevent or contain breaches. And, and everybody can kind of rally around that. So we're all working towards the same goal. Um, and when we're all working together, uh, we can have a lot more success 
than if we were kind of working on our own in, in silos, trying to, to 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 just you know plug holes and and, and, and fill gaps. Um, uh, the the other uh, you know uh, uh, kind of takeaway is there is a design methodology. Um, so you know you you, you so if you've read uh, Adam Shostak's book on threat hunting, uh, right? There's a process that, that that you can follow. Following a process, a methodology uh, is going to make your process repeatable, uh, right? That increases your maturity right out of the gate. Uh, so you know one of the things that John talks about. Uh, there's this whole like. Uh, a segment of, of the market, uh, uh, security market, that, that, that's like attack surface management. Um, cool, uh, you can't manage your attack surface. Uh, nobody can, right? Your attack surface is everywhere on the internet, any, anywhere in the world, maybe even from space. <laughs> um, any device could be potentially used to attack you, right? If you've got a mobile app in the app store, um, you probably have an API. Um, probably, uh, it, you know, someone downloads your app, they can reverse engineer it really quickly. They can figure out how your API works and use that to leverage attacks against you. Um, so if you think holistically, in, instead about uh, uh, an attack surface, instead of focusing on, you know, attack surface management, we want to focus on a protect surface. Um, that's step one in the design methodology. Step two is we need to understand all of the flows that go through that, right? So uh, you know, we, the, there there are no unknown traffic uh, in a zero trust world, right? You you have to know what it is, and you block everything else. Um, so that's safe listing, that's micro segmentation. Um, but you, you you have to know how your traffic works before you can architect a solution for a specific protect surface. You might have twenty or thirty protect surfaces. Maybe a protect surface maps to a service, uh, or maybe it maps to multiple services. Um, and then you get to, so we're, we're already a step four before you get to policy creation. Um, and one of the things that John does that I love is he's kind of abstracted this idea of like firewall policy more holistically for an entire protect surface. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, at a protect surface level, um, you know, you, you have to coordinate uh, how identity works with how your firewall policies are configured with how your uh, endpoint policies are configured with how the server is configured and hardened, how your how your developers have, right? All of those things have to kind of work in concert. So if you start with a uh, more of a higher level generic thing uh, to, to, to craft how your policy works, who should have access, what you're protecting, uh, you know, and, and John calls it the Kipling method because he, you know, he, it's an homage to Royard Kipling's uh, poem about who, what, where, when, and why. Um, you have to do all of those five W's and then everyone can start to get on the same page with how they're protecting that protect surface. Um, and then finally, you know, you monitor, you log everything, you monitor and maintain. If you didn't do a good enough job, you, you, you iterate. Um, we're, we're never going to be done in security. Um, and Vincent, I, I, I see you, you mentioned uh, the Center for Net Security's uh, uh, first two controls. Um, I, I think it's this CIS inventory recommendations, right? You have to have a software inventory. You have to have a device inventory. You have to have a data inventory. All of those things, I think, are prerequisites to starting uh, your, your, your zero trust design process, your design methodology, right? Those feed into that. Um, so at a basic level, um, you have to have, uh, you know, a, a risk register. You have to have a business impact analysis. You have to know what 
applications your 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 uh, your your organization runs, right? That's that's the again that's the foundation of zero trust is starting with the business, right? Understanding everything about it. Um, so you know from there you can start to craft your your your, secu- your security controls around those things that you're trying to protect. But totally agree. If you don't know what you have, you can't protect it. So your book um, is it is actually out on the market because you can get it on Amazon. I saw when did when did it go live or when did it go public? So uh, officially, uh, the the paperback comes out on October fourth. Um, okay. So uh, the the publisher, uh, I, I don't know if this was a mistake or on purpose, but you can get the ebook now. Um, I prefer that you 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 uh, you get the the paperback copy. Uh, uh, just because you know, uh, for for bestseller purposes, they they, they want to look at the the, the the print versions. So please help me out. Uh, go 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 buy Project Zero Trust. Uh, it's a great stocking stuffer for for the IT uh, person in, in in your sphere. Um, but uh, and thank you, Heather, for that. Um, but uh, uh, really, I, I think. We, again, we, we've got to own zero trust in the security community, right? It, it's not something that, uh, you know, marketers can sell us on, uh, and, you know, and or if, if, if we are letting them sell us uh, without knowing what it is, right, we're, we're, we're going to go off in, 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 I think, the wrong direction. So uh, I, it makes so much of a difference if we can uh, take uh, zero trust back from, from the marketers and, and really start to, uh, to, to crystallize around what, what it really means and, and how it can really help us. Well, you know, when we come to Dallas, we'll be in Dallas in January, which January is going to be here before we know it. I mean, it's it's it, we're not that far away from Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is crazy. So I'll definitely, you know, purchase a bulk of your books that you can come and sign at our event in Dallas. We did that with WellAware. Oh, awesome. so, yeah. Um, yeah, that was really fun to have your book there. But I, I do have to ask before we get to the end of the show, tell us about those photos on your wall behind you. What is that about? <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, you, 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 to, to my to my left is Voltron. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, I'm a Gen Xer, so I, I grew up watching Saturday morning cartoons, um, and you know, I, I, I love Voltron uh, because you know, so he's in the cartoon the defender of the universe. Um, but uh, as the defender of the universe, right? It's not just one person; it's a team of people working together. Right, they all have different skills. They all have different capabilities, uh, but it's when they come together that that that, that makes them uh, the the ultimate defender of the universe that that, that no uh, evil uh, monster can defeat. Um, and and I, I think that you know I, I love having that in my background just because it's a reminder every day that it's it's not just you know George that makes um, my university secure. It, it's everyone kind of working together. Um, uh, so I've got like a little shrine to Voltron with the toys. Um, there, there's a couple Voltrons that not pictured. Um, so uh, uh, the, the other picture, if, if you're not familiar with Transformers, that's Optimus Prime. Um, I, I actually painted Optimus. So I've got a whole series of spray paint pop art robots uh, that you know has been a fun uh, uh, side hobby for uh, for four or five years now, and. Um, gosh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a great stress reliever when I'm, uh, kind of, a, you know, getting writer's block, writing my, 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 uh, my books, uh, to be able to go out and just, you know, create something new and different and think about, uh, something else for a little while. Well, my, I have a son that's very much, I've seen the Voltron and he's, and he's got two little boys and, 
they're definitely into all that stuff. So um, that's how I knew what Voltron, I didn't really know, but I've seen it when I've been at their house, you know, so that's, that's awesome. And um, that's great. It, I'm sure that keeps you inspired. And I had to, I had to ask, I've been looking at that the whole show. And um, so what's, what's next? And now are you promoting this book? How, how are you working? We've got about three minutes left, but how are you working with SMU and their cybersecurity team and the students? How are you carrying that message to all that, to our future? Yeah. So, uh, so a great question. And, uh, you know, I'll kind of wrap up with that, but uh, you know, so I, obviously Project Zero Trust, I'll, I'll be doing a book tour, uh, an international book tour. Very excited. I'll be, I'll be in Vancouver on October 6th uh, and, you know, uh, hopefully coming to a city near you. If you uh, uh, want to hear about Zero Trust, uh, you know, the, the conference, if you're on an advisory board for a conference, let them know, hey, George is a speaker. He's available. Um, but uh, uh, at SMU, we actually just uh, uh, kind of renewed our three-year IT strategic plan. Um, so aligning that with, uh, uh, with, with you know, the university strategic plan. But um, one of the things we did differently this year uh, or this three-year cycle uh, was to say, you know, in the past we had had security as a silo, right? Security has their objectives and, and all of the other areas have, have objectives. We, we got rid of that. Um, so now security is baked into every aspect of our security strategic plan. Um, and uh, uh, very, very exciting for us. Zero trust is, is the, the main part of our, of our security overarching plan. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, Jonathan, yes, I will be in Oklahoma, I believe, October 18th. Uh, I will be in St. Louis, I believe, on November 3rd-ish. Uh, uh, don't quote me because I'm not actually looking at my calendar right now. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the book tour hopefully will be coming to a city near you uh, very soon. Um, and, you know, what's next for me, I actually uh, I, I have launched a security tr uh, awareness training company. Uh, around uh, the, the 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 nine cybersecurity habits that I talked about in, in, in my book, Well Aware. Um, so we've got the the uh, the link up there in, in the chat, WellAwareSecurity.com. Um, and you know, I've got a, uh, my, my my first client out there. Uh, so we work with a fintech company, um, and you know, the 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 idea is we're going to help train their users. Um, and, and how to be secure, right? All of the security awareness training out there today is really about what to do to be secure, right? Here's, here's what a mobile device is uh, and how to do a mobile pin, right? Um, but we're not teaching people, uh, you know, how to think uh, about security. So when the next new thing comes along, we got to get back in front of it. So instead, right, uh, you know, we, we, we make people watch, you know, videos. And, you know, if, if, if you've ever watched like a Pepsi commercial, <laughs> um, you, you probably didn't switch, you know, I'm assuming you, you, you know, you maybe if you drink soda, you probably drink Coke or uh, root beer or something else. Um, seeing a Pepsi commercial doesn't make you change your behavior. Um, seeing a five-minute security awareness training video doesn't change your behavior. Um, I, I think we've got to focus on habits to, to make a difference when it comes to uh, security behaviors. Um, and uh, you know, so one of the things I wanted to do with uh, the, the the Well Aware platform. So now that we've got it launched, um, I can say that uh, we're going to give it away for free. Uh, to nonprofits and government. Uh, so well, that's 
That's amazing. And, and I don't mean to cut you off, but we are on a syndicated radio show that's about to cut us off. So yeah, very cool. I'm sorry, George, I hate doing that. But for everyone out there, you see all the links of where you can download Well Aware and his new book, George's new book, George Finney CISO from SMU, uh, award-winning author. Thanks for being here today, George. We will definitely have you back on the show and keep promoting your book and keep promoting you. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of And Security for All. Um, You guys have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay secure, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into And Security for All. Be sure to join your host, Kim Hakem, for another episode of the show next Friday at noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. And don't forget, you can follow Kim on LinkedIn by searching for Kim Hakem. That's Kim, H-A-K-I-M, to keep yourself posted on all of her upcoming cybersecurity events. Are you a cybersecurity professional that needs to earn continuing educational hours? FutureCon Events brings high-level cybersecurity training discovering cutting-edge security approaches, managing risk in the ever-changing threat of the cybersecurity workforce. Cybersecurity is no longer just an IT problem. To learn more about attending a virtual event, go to futureconevents.com or email info at futureconevents.com. Or follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter at FutureConHQ. Don't miss the weekly FutureCon seamless podcast series focusing on the insights and thoughts of chief security officers and industry pioneers making a difference throughout the world. Kim Hakem, CEO of FutureCon Events, and Darren Anderson, CEO and co-founder Next Robotics, host Seamless Podcast, started by a team of entrepreneurs with experience in fields like smart cities, technology, cybersecurity. The result is a series of podcasts unlike anything you've ever heard anywhere. Listen where you get your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher.